0: Uh, I've preached before, so I guess I did well enough that Pastor Jared invited me back to do it again. So I hope you uh, enjoy this. And we're going to be in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. So while, while you're turning there, I was like, um, has anybody ever been on a cruise before? Yeah. I, I love cruise. Like we, we've been on one as a family, and we went two years ago before I started a seminary. And we went to Cosme and the Cayman Islands, and it was, it was a blast. But it was, it was my first kind of big boat ride like that. And as, as we're going, you know, I had the seasick patch and everything on, because, you know, motion, you know, doesn't always go well with me. But as we're going through there, on the way in between Co- the Cayman Islands and Cosmel, there's like a tropical storm that arose. So our, our captain did what he could to go around it and try and cut his way through it. But nonetheless, we still hit the storm pretty bad. So I can remember that night, where we're sitting in the cabin. We're a little lower on the boat, so like we had like a kind of porthole so that whenever the boat went up and then went back down, you could feel every single motion. And then the water would just come gushing into that window and come back out. And it was miserable. The whole ship was sick, and it was just, honestly, it was, it was a scary moment. But you just can feel that whole ship just go up and down, up and down. As I was looking at the porthole, as, I, as the water come in and come out, you're see the storm out there and just see all the crazy waves in the middle of the ocean and see, you know, all, all the storms and everything. And just thinking, what if you look out there and you saw someone just walking out there? And what if you just saw that? And what would be your thoughts? And for one, probably just like, whoa, there's someone walking on the water. You know, maybe it's my seasickness patch. I don't know. Maybe it's seeing this thing. <laughs> but you can just think that what if this was, what if this was God walking on the water too? So this is what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to, today. We're going to talk about Jesus walking on the water, one of the, one of the many, many miracles that he did. And as we read this, as we go through this, we're going to pull out uh, three kind of realizations I found from the scripture. So we're going to find three, three realizations. First, we're going to realize that there is a time and a need of personal prayer. The second, we're going to realize that we can take heart in Jesus Christ through the storm. And then third, we're going to realize that we can strive to have unwavering faith in Jesus. So you could follow along with me as I read this section. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 23. Verses 22 through 33. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Jesus Christ. Help us to go through this diligently. Help speak through me. No, it's not me speaking, but it's the Holy Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we're picking up here is Jesus has been going around, doing his ministry. He's been, he's been speaking to many people, going to different cities, large crowds. And so he's like, you know, possibly this might be a good time for me and my disciples to go out and kind of have a little time to ourselves, maybe a little retreat, kind of build up our leadership, kind of break down what's been going on, what we've been seeing. Maybe I can build up my leaders here a little bit. So they're, they're going out. But then as he's trying to go out and be by just himself and the leaders, he's followed by another massive crowd. And of course, being Jesus, he says, all right, let them come. I'll speak he spoke to them for many hours and this ultimately led to just before this he did what's called the feeding of the 5,000 so Jesus wanted to be on a trip with his leaders had this large crowd follow him and he spoke to them so long that he ended up feeding them feeding 5,000 people and that's just the men so there's women and children there too so lots of people so at the end of this he's like okay we just had, we just had a big event here we had lots of people you know what I need to have some time with my Father. I need to have some time, you know, to our to myself with my Father. What does he do? He sends the disciples first into a boat. He's like, okay, you guys, go ahead, go into a boat. I'll catch up with you. And then Jesus, it says here that he actually went on top of a mountain to pray. So he actually found a time by himself to go up on top of a mountain to pray. So this, uh, this past uh, year, my seminary class, I took a, a class called... Spiritual growth and development. Spiritual growth and development. Now, first of all, this, my professor's name was Chuck Lawless. That's an awesome name, Chuck Lawless. He was a great guy. But one of our assignments was to find a moment in time during our semester to just be alone with the Lord. To unplug everything, to you know, close the door, just be by yourself and be alone with the Lord. And he said our assignment was to be alone for One hour. One hour of just us and the Lord and you're like oh man that sounds like an easy easy 100 I got that down That's, I, I can do that no problem whatsoever right no it was, it was a little more difficult Now I finally found I finally found the time to do that on my fall break when I didn't have any other classes or any other assignments and Sarah was out of town I didn't have, I didn't have work that week either so I was like you know what I'm, I'm going to do this right here now I'm going to do it right here so I went to my office, closed the door, unplugged the computer, turned off my phone. I spent an hour reading the scriptures, meditating on it, and just speaking with the Lord. But what I found is, is that when you're sitting there in quiet, your mind starts to race. Your mind starts to think of, man, what could I be doing right now? What could, what could be more productive right now than just sitting here? Right, I, have, I have other assignments I could I could get ahead on. You know, this, this feels kind of boring. I mean... What can I do to entertain myself right now? Why is it so difficult for us to do that? Just sit there in the silence with our Lord and meditate on it. You know, with with a full time job, with coming here, being being intern, intern with the youth, and at that point in time having having a pregnant wife to you know get ready for things that are coming, you know, life is getting a little stressful, a little, little chaotic, a little busy to so find that time to myself, it was, it was hard. And just myself, I'm sure that at times, a lot of us are kind of worried about where our minds will take us when we're alone. We have nothing turned on, nothing to keep us occupied, to be busy. Um, one of my favorite songs by a band called 21 Pilots is called Car Radio. Now, the, the verses in this the song is just amazing. I'm, I'm going to read you this, this verse that they sing. They say, I have these thoughts, so often I ought to replace that slot with what once I bought. Because somebody stole my car radio, and now I just sit in silence. Sometimes quiet is violent. I find it hard to hide it. My pride is no longer inside. It's on my sleeve. My skin will scream, reminding me of who I killed inside my dream. I hate this car that I'm driving. There's no hiding for me. I am forced to deal with what I feel. There is no distraction to mask what is real. Why is it so hard for us to face that silence? Ultimately, our sin comes up. How we've been going against the Lord. He calls us out. That silence will truly bring it out. and We just have to fight against that. Now Jesus, who is God in flesh, took time to dismiss the crowd and his leaders even with his busy schedule of preaching, teaching, going out ministering, he takes time to actually climb a mountain to be by himself with the Lord. He climbs a mountain and we have a hard time just going to a room by ourselves and just saying, hey, it's just me and you, God. Shouldn't we follow that example? Prayer is Crucial. That's so one of the realizations is that there is a time of need for prayer, for us just to be one-on-one with the Lord. Now, prayer is, is also is important, and Jesus, at least in Matthew and Mark, you know, hits only recorded that, you know, he does prayer like that here and in the Garden of Gethsemane, but in the Gospel of Luke presents Jesus praying massive amounts of time. So Jesus is prayerful, so shouldn't we also be prayerful? We need to not be afraid to just give first our praises to the Lord. But know that even when our minds go there, He already knows what we're going through. He already knows what's on our mind. He knows what we're afraid of. He knows what distracts us. Just give it to Him. Be in that time of devotion. Now, I know it can be difficult. You know, you're saying, hey, you know, I have a full-time job. I have little kids. I understand that. And with a new newborn baby, it's, you know, well, she's six months now. Crazy thing she's already six months. But it, it gets chaotic sometimes. It gets hard to find that at just small time to just be with the Lord. You know, I, I encourage you to just say, hey, take five, ten minutes, turn off the radio, you know, when you're getting ready for work, everybody's still asleep, just pull out a passage of scripture, read it, memorize it, meditate on it. As you do that, as you pray it back to the Lord, it's all through scripture. You know, Daniel used the scripture. Paul used the scripture from the Old Testament. Pray it back to the Lord. You will know, soon it'll get ingrained on your mind, on your heart, where you can just go to that, and that'll help you overcome those distractions. So just like Jesus here, who goes along by himself, dismisses everything, climbs a mountain to pray, we should be in prayer. This will help us overcome our distracting and simple thoughts. That, we, that will try to pull us away from the Lord. So that, that's what Jesus is doing right now. Jesus is away, he's praying. But now, where are the disciples? Where did Jesus send them? He said, hey, go in the boat, I'll catch up with you. Now, as, as we pick up here, verse uh, 24, so we see the disciples. Now, they're, they're in a boat, and they're you know a long way away. There's no way about Jesus now. They say that they're about, it says here, about three to four miles out, they say many many stadia, which a stadia is about six hundred feet. So roughly how far they're, they're about you know three or four miles out. Now, this is about the third watch of the night, so this is around 4 a.m. in the morning, so all night long they've been on this boat trying to cross this massive body of water. And it says here that in verse 24, but the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, so the wind was against them. So it's just the boat is just getting rocked. Massive waves blowing it back and forth. Now, they've been through this before. They've been through a storm like this before, but Jesus was in the boat. Yeah, they were still afraid at that point in time, too. But just think, this time, Jesus is not in the boat. It's just them. It's just them getting rocked by the storm. Now, I don't know how many of you have seen this movie. It came out about 2,000, but it's called The Perfect Storm. Have you seen that movie? Now, this movie... Stars George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. It's based off of like, true life events where this fishing boat went out in the middle of the ocean, they you know, catch this big haul of fish, now they're coming back in, but apparently there's just, like this force of nature that just collides with like hurricanes and, and tornadoes and what whatever it be. It's just coming all on at this one point in time. And it's in between their boat and shore. You're like, man, the smart move would be just to wait it out. I mean, yeah, we sacrificed the fish. But, you know, this we what we say. But, no, they're like, hey, we're going to plow through this storm. We're, we're going to make it home. We're not going to lose this catch that we just did because this is our livelihood. So these, these fishermen, they go into the storm. Now, throughout the movie, you can see, like, at some points, the boat is, like, almost horizontal with the waves. And you're just like, are these dudes crazy? But, you know, all throughout the movie, you see them one by one start to lose, lose hope. They start to lose the confidence, hey, you know, we're not, we're not going to make it home. We're not, we're not making it through this storm. They started losing the hope. Now, look at the disciples in their boat. They're, they're getting rocked. They're getting tossed back and forth. They've been, probably been rowing all night, probably fighting the sails all night. They're tired. Are, are they starting to lose hope that they're going to make it through this? Like, it was Jesus that sent us out to this boat, supposed to go ahead, go ahead of them. You know, why would our Lord send us out into this storm like this? But wait, they do receive an answer. So you, later on, you see here as they're as they're going, a spirit starts to walk to them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So as as they're as they're fighting against the wind, as they're getting tired, as they're getting beaten down. This entity, the spirit. Now, the, when they use the word spirit, they're referring back to the Old Testament, like in. Like in the, the Song of Solomon and Isaiah, I'm talking about like you know a ghostly image. It's walking on the on the water. Now they're they're like, man, this could be like some sort of you know evil spirit. This could be some sort of demon trying to like just tell us that hey, we're not gonna make it home. Like what what is this? They're terrified. You know, I can see like some of the disciples like jump into their arms like a Scooby Doo and Shaggy just like whoa like ghost. <laughs> you know they're they're afraid. But then what does the spirit do? It says in verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. This brings us to the second realization of this this verse. We should realize that, hey, we can take heart in Jesus through the storm. He even states it, he says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And when he, when he refers to, hey, it, it is I, this is kind of pointing back to the Old Testament in Exodus you know, when, when God reveals himself to Moses and he's like, I I am. In the Septuagint, it says it says, ego me, which means that, hey, I am God. It is I. This is Jesus giving us the confidence that say, hey, I am the Lord. I am your God. I am the one that's in charge of nature. I'm, in, I'm over all these things. Take heart why were the disciples afraid? Why were they afraid? They've been through a storm before. Jesus delivered them.' They've seen all the great things that Jesus has done, all that He's taught, all that he's said, Why, why are these afraid? You know, a lot of times through, through challenges, through storms of our own, through troubles, through I mean, financially, physically, anything like that, we're just like, why? Why are we put through this? Why are we put through these troubles? Why are these storms coming to us? Why are we going through it? We need to realize just this house here, disciples, they don't receive an answer. They're not told why the storm came upon them. They're not told why it was made so difficult for them to go from point A to point B. But they need to realize that, hey, getting an answer of why is nowhere near. As important and impactful as the presence of Jesus Christ being there. The why should not matter. Jesus Christ is there with us, walking us through this. So Jesus here in verse 27 says, but immediately Jesus spoke out to them saying, take heart, it is I. He knew in their hearts that they were afraid, that they were doubting. He knew them. He said, hey, look, I am here. Take heart, it is I. But then you know, there's always that there's always that one disciple who speaks out, who just says, "Boom!" And of course, that disciple is Peter. And he's the one, he's the first one up. He's the first one. You know, he's cutting off. He's cutting off ears. He's you know pointing fingers, and he's just the one like, you know, am, am I am I the favorite Lord? You know, he's the one that always speaks out. So Peter says, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water." So Peter says. Lord if, it is, Lord, if it is you, call me out there. Like, you know, I, I believe it's you, but you know, if it is you, just call me out there. Because I know with, with faith and confidence, I can just meet you out there. Jesus says, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So first of all, we have, we have Peter speaking to a spirit. Now, for those disciples, you know they're they're probably still a little bit afraid, even though the spirit just spoke to them and said that, "Hey, it is I. Take heart." Yeah, Peter's saying, "Hey, call me out there." You see, some of the disciples were like, "Peter, what are you doing, man? Peter, what are you doing? Hey, this, this is a spirit. You're, you're, you're speaking to it, and you wanted you to go out on the water. Do you not see what it's like out there? Do you not see the waves? Do you not see how crazy this is, Peter? Peter, whoa, whoa, calm down, man, calm down." Some, some of the disciples might be like, "No." Oh, Maybe may be all right. You know. we can probably test it out, maybe. I don't know. But Peter says, no, I'm going to go out there. So immediately, he got out of the boat. And he says that Peter walked on the water and came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. Now this brings us to the third realization of this passage that we realize that we can strive for unwavering faith. We can strive for unwavering faith. So Peter has that faith saying, hey, look, I know it's Jesus Christ. I know he's out there. I know he's called to me. So I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go out there. So immediately, you see him, he, he steps down. He puts his foot out, steps on the water. Now, this past, this past uh, month in Bible school, you know, Rich had this example where he had the kids kind of walk on this like kind of fake kind of water. It was crazy. It was awesome to see that. But this guy, he steps on the water and walks to Jesus. Now, we're not told, you know, how far he gets. We're not told how, you know, how, how far Jesus was from the boat or how far Peter got. But remember, that's not the important thing here. The important thing is that, hey, someone walked on water. Now, I remember the first time, well, I don't really, really remember the first time, but I have VHSs to kind of remind me of my first time to the, to the beach. Who remembers when they were little kids, their first time to the beach, or when they took their little kids to the beach? Yeah, it's always it's always a lot of fun. Now I can kind of recall, you know, I kind of actually kind of running out to the water, and you know, my dad being out there, and I see him out there. I want to run out there to him. As I'm going, you know, the waves are kind of small at first, and I'm just, I'm just running out there to him, and something something distracts me, like you know, shiny thing. You know, I'm young, I'm like what a little bird. I look away. I look away from my father, and all of a sudden, this massive wave just comes over and just knocks you over, kind of puts you under. You know, that's kind of the first time I had salt water come up my nose, too. That was an experience. But it goes over you. You crash. You fall. But immediately, come out come out of the water, and I start, I start crying out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I had a salt water come up my nose. I'm scared. I'm like, where am I? My, then my dad comes over, and he's like, you know, it's okay. Come on. I got you. You know, you know, all those fathers out there, you know, you take your kid, you walk him out to the, you know, a little bit deeper, and you, you hold on to him. It's going to be okay. So as you see here, Peter is walking on the water. So verse 30, what happens? Verse 30. But when he saw the, the water, sorry, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. He began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. He cried out, Lord, save me. He said, Peter is walking, but then suddenly he looks around him. He sees wind. He sees the waves. And he gets afraid and he starts sinking. It starts getting lower and lower. Not, we don't know how quickly he's sinking, don't know how slow he's sinking, but the important point is yeah, he's, he's losing his focus. He's losing his, his, his main goal of getting to Jesus Christ. So ultimately, what does he do? He cries out to his father. He cries out to Jesus, knowing that he will save him. Now, I was reading a commentary on, on the Gospel of Matthew, and this is by, by David Platt, well-known speaker. He suggests that we will begin to think we need to muster up more faith. And if we do, the result will be a healing or some immediate benefit. That kind of thinking skews faith because it, it makes faith fully dependent on what man can muster up or manufacture little faith is not the same as no faith a person of no faith would not recognize that they had hope on Jesus and would not call out to him to save them your faith is strong when the object of your faith is strong as long as your faith is focused on anything or anyone other than Christ then it won't matter how much faith you have, you will fall sooner or later important thing is that Peter had that faith in Christ hey he's sinking, he's afraid I'm going to call to Jesus Christ because he, he had that faith to begin with, to step off the boat, to walk on the water towards Jesus through the storm. But yet, Peter starts to fail. He starts to fail. He starts doubting. He's afraid of the wind, of the waves. He starts sinking. starts getting lower and lower. Jesus comes, and it says immediately, verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out to his hand and took hold of him. Saying to him, "Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt?" Kind of just maybe talking to himself, Peter. I got you. Why did do you doubt? I'm right here. Well, you're doing good. Now, the the youth. Uh, we, we took the youth to uh, to the beach this past this past year for a student life camp. We had Matt Chandler as a speaker, and, and one night he used an example of of his little kid. And for those of you who have little ones and first teach them how to walk, when first when they first get on their feet, do they instantly just start you know running a half marathon or they start you know just walking out the door? No, like the first step, like they start uh, and then they fall flat on their face. Right? They start walking, but but what does the parent do? You as the you as the parent, what do you do? Do you say, Oh, come on, kid? We're working on this forever. Right? Right? come on. You should, have, you should have got this by now. No, the, what the parent does is they, they pick up the child, they put them back on their feet, they're like, come on, try again. You got this time. Try again. The important thing that here is that Peter is trying to walk on the water. He's striving for that unwavering faith to say, hey, look, I'm putting all that I have, my life, on the line. To go out into the storm. I'm putting everything I have on Jesus Christ. But yet, he he fails. He starts to fall. As we see through scripture, the disciples and Peter, they fail a lot. They fall, they stumble. Peter even denies Christ for who he is. Denies him. But yet, each time they have that forgiveness through Christ, they seek after redemption, they're like, hey, look, I'm, a, I'm trying again. I'm seeking after him. And that, is what, that is what's important to God. Is that we're trying to strive for that unwavering faith. Even though we fail, because we are human. And we allow the world to get into our minds, to, to distract us from it, to say, hey, you're not good enough. But Jesus Christ is there to pick us up, and, hey, I got you. Try again keep trying to walk and it says here that in verse 31 he immediately reached out his hand took hold of him saying oh you little faith why did you doubt and when they got into the boat the wind ceased so Jesus says when they got in the boat Jesus took his hand picked him up I kind of of envision Jesus kind of taking Peter you know either on his shoulder or kind of just like arm in arm just, just kind of like hey you know we're good just walk on I've got you He walks them through the storm they get into the boat. And immediately after that, the wind ceased. And those in the boat began to worship him. Saying, truly, you are the son of God. So we remember that, look, storms are coming our way. Storms are coming our way. We don't know when. We don't know how. It could be any kind of shape or form. But whenever that comes, we have to go to our mindset of why is this happening to us? Why are we going through these troubles? Examples are people, the church have gone through challenges and struggles, struggles and storms all throughout Scripture, all throughout time. No matter what, with having that that faith in Jesus Christ, even when we fail, you know we will make it through the storms. So as, as we begin to wrap up here, first look into your own lives for a moment. Take, take a look in the mirror. Now who, who are you in this, in this narrative here? Who are you? Are you, still, are you still one of the disciples on the boat, getting bashed by the waves? Is, is life you know, making you kind of fall short in doubt, not realizing that there is a Savior who is praying for you and has a plan for you? You know, that wants to call you out of the comfort of the boat? You know, are, are you holding on to something? Holding on to something in your life, be it, you know, maybe a relationship, person, you know, a thing, object, you name it, is keeping you back from, from just giving it all to the Lord, putting you putting your life out there. You know, like, like the example of Matthew 19, 16 through 22, when the rich man comes to Jesus, saying, Lord, what, what should I do to follow you? you know what are the commandments I should follow and Jesus gives him the commandments, the commandments and he's like you know what I followed all of them and I'm good there what else should I do Lord and, and Jesus looks at the rich man and says you know sell all that you have and come follow me but the rich man went away sad he went away from Jesus sad after being told what to do because he had so many great things are you there on the boat are you still holding on Saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not giving anything out there. I'm still a little scared, a little timid. I'm going to let others go before me. What's step out there. Or are you like Peter? He said, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Call me out there. You're out there. You're, you're sharing Jesus. You're, you're being an example and a light for him. But something's coming your way. It's kind of got you knocked down. It's got you sinking down, doubting what the Lord is doing. Doubting. Yourself and your abilities. Saying, Lord, why is this happening to me? I'm out here following you, and I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm drowning. Stepping through the challenges and hardships of life is what really characterizes our walk with Jesus Christ. Because no matter what, Christ tells us that following him, being a follower of Christ is not going to be easy. There's going to be challenges, there's going to be hardships, there's going to be suffering." we're told to pick up our cross daily and follow him. Now, that's my I look through the, through the gospels and the story of Christ, the cross is not a good thing for, you know, that, that he's gone through. It's not an easy trial. If we put our faith in anything other than him, then we are bound to fail and to stay down. When we look at Peter, ultimately, when he, when he starts thinking, Peter's mindset is, oh man, I knew it just stay on the boat and just let himself sink. You don't, you don't see the disciples saying, told you Peter. No, you're not going to make it out there. No, you see him getting back up, calling out to the Lord. Don't don't let the world make you feel like you're stuck where you are. The world out there is going to tell you, hey, there is no Jesus. There is no ultimate hope. It's just what you do in your life and what you make it. that's false. because We have this right here that tells us that no, we have a Savior that's walking with us through the storm and calling out to you saying, look, I am here, take heart for it is I. He has already paid the ultimate price for our failings, for our sins. He's paid the ultimate price for our souls, dying and rising for our sins. Taking it. He rose from the dead. Let us put our full focus, our full heart and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can overcome the storm. Because he is deserving of our highest praise for He is the Son of God. And he has shown it here. He has shown it many times. And He will come again to show us that He is defeated evil, defeated sin. Let's put our faith and our hope in that. Now, as we pray here to, to close our time together, we have those who up to leave worship. We're going to have, have Jason up here at the front. To, 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 if you have someone to, you want someone to pray with. And if you're a visitor you want to find a church home, you know, we're, we're glad to accept you to bring you in. But he'll be down at the front. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ. For one, first, the example that he showed so many times. things that we should do to follow Him. Think for the examples of those in the scriptures that, hey, they're like us. They fail. They fail a lot. Well, they know that through the faith in Jesus Christ, through their Savior, that they can make it the form, so they can walk on the water through it. Help us to have that same faith, that that same courage to put it all in Jesus Christ allow him to lead us to walk through those challenges of life. Help us to go from here seeking that and sharing that with others. That is all in Jesus' name. Amen.